Hey guys, it's Pete Mundo with HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Thanks so much, as always, for tuning into this week's podcast. If you haven't, I know I've said it before, take two minutes of your time, rate us on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play, give us a little review, love us, hate us, it's okay, I'm cool with it, but it helps us out a lot. We're growing every week because of you. I can't thank you enough. Enjoy the podcast. Safeties drop really deep. Handoff Sermon over the left side. Big hole. 30. First down. 25-20. Breaks a tackle. 15-10-5. The minister is into the end zone. Preach. Mason takes the ball, fakes a handoff, fires over the middle. It's caught by Aitman, and he takes it into the end zone. He juggled it for a moment, but got it back. Pistols firing. Touchdown, Oklahoma State's Marcel Aitman. There's more to us than that. Two receivers left, one right. Quarterback keeper here, 30-yard line. Jesse, 25-20, 15-10-5 to the goal line. Touchdown, 35 yards on the run for Jesse Ertz. Turpin in motion, they fake to him, hand to Hicks, he'll walk in and score. Hit the horn with 7.39 to play in the second quarter, and the Horn Frogs now go up 13-7 to advance. 2,000 country stations, yeah, we're one big country nation, that's right. What's going on, guys? Pete Mundo with you, Heartland College Sports Weekly. Always appreciate you joining us, and if it's your first time, heartlandcollegesports.com is the Big 12 independent digital media outlet that I started a couple of years ago as I used to work out in Oklahoma, K101Z92, covering the Big 12, and now in New York City and trying to bring this conference the national respect it deserves because it continues to get... I don't know if embarrassed is the right word, but certainly insulted by other conferences and other people around the country. And, you know, it's time for that to end. If we have to be the voice of the Big 12 fan, that's what we are and that's what we aim to be. And that's what I try to bring with you every show. We now have affiliates in Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, and West Virginia. So we're excited about that. And, of course, we do put the show in podcast form so you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Let's uh, let's jump right in. You know, there's a lot going on. You have college basketball heading down the home stretch of the regular season. You've got baseball starting up. By the way, we have nine baseball previews. That's because Iowa State doesn't play baseball. Uh, nine baseball previews on the website you got to check out. But where I want to dive in to start with is the football scene. I know it's a little quiet right now, but what you have going on here is a lot of the groundwork being laid for the 2019 recruiting class. That's kind of where we are in this process you know, uh, the 2018 class is done. Spring practice hasn't quite started yet. So that's where we stand. And there's one person and one team in particular that is really making fools of themselves. And that's Texas A&M. That's Jimbo Fisher's staff. And that's specifically Texas A&M tight ends coach Tim Brewster. Now, if you're not on Twitter, you're not going to know this story. If you are, you might be familiar with it. Tim Brewster goes from Florida State to Texas A&M with Jimbo Fisher. Now, he tweets out, he tweets out on February 17th, let's keep it real, he says, 
The greatest stage in college football is the SEC. Hashtag nothing but facts. Well, the good news about Twitter is nothing's secret, nothing's hidden. Because last July, Tim Brewster tweeted out, Jimbo, meaning Jimbo Fisher, his boss, is dead right. The ACC is the best football conference in the nation. Now, this was picked up all over social media. People took these two tweets from Tim Brewster of Texas A&M, put them side by side, and said, you know, what a total phony. Cale Gundy, the Oklahoma assistant, did that himself, which was fantastic. So what Tim Brewster is doing here, trying to juice up recruiting for Texas A&M because they did not have a great class in 2018. Now, we know it's always difficult to have a really good class when you're coming in that first offseason. You have you know, six weeks in some cases to try to put together a class, and that's difficult, even if you're a school like Texas A&M, even if you're a head coach like Jimbo Fisher. So now the guys at A&M have turned their focus to 2019, and they're trying to pump up the SEC in the process, which I've never understood. Because the past five, six, seven years, the only team that's mattered in the SEC is Alabama. And that that's just factually proven year in, year out. So then Tim Brewster takes it one step further. February 19th, he tweets out, to say that the Big 12 is even on the same planet with the SEC is straight crazy. The elite players in Texas totally understand. Hashtag SEC. It's just so funny to me still that these guys in the SEC ride Alabama's coattails as if it means anything to them. Here's what I would say if I was recruiting against an SEC school that was not Alabama. Basically, you're going to go to a school where you are going to be playing for second place year in, year out. You're not going to beat Nick Saban. You look at what Kirby Smart's doing at Georgia. If you're going anywhere in the SEC West, you're playing for second place. And that's a lot of who the Big 12 is recruiting against, especially in that Houston, East Texas area. It's not as much the SEC East. It's more so the SEC West. You see Alabama goes in there. You see LSU goes in there. Um, Auburn, in some instances. And now, of course, Texas A&M has always been down there when they were in the Big 12, when they were in the SEC. So it's a very easy sell because three things happen when you go to a school that is not named Alabama. You're playing for second place. If you're an offensive player, especially a quarterback or a wide receiver, you're unlikely to reach your full potential at the collegiate level. And then you're also most likely to end up your playing career with a different coach than who you started with and who you signed with. That's the reality. The SEC this year will have five new head coaches in 2018 compared to 2017. That's because the fan bases are irrational. The SEC fan base, it's so funny too, and it's so, I don't know if ironic, backwards, coincidental, whatever word you want to choose. It's so bizarre because the SEC fan, Texas A&M is a perfect example. The Texas A&M fan who is out there lauding the fact that they're in the SEC, which because it has Alabama, has multiple national championships, is also upset because they are not having Alabama's success. It's like what's left is right, what's right is left. It's like this totally backwards world most of these SEC fans are living in here.
So they get upset when guys aren't having Nick Saban success and can't beat Nick Saban, then they run him out of town. LSU, Les Miles, see you later. One of the only guys who actually had decent success against a guy like Nick Saban. You know, you look at Kevin Sumlin. I realize he was doing average at best, but at the same time, that's what Texas A&M football has been for a generation. Average at best. With a couple of outliers here and there. The rest of this conference, I mean, they were talking about Gus Malzahn being out of work before this season, even during this season. That's how bizarre this entire thing has gotten. So you have Tim Brewster, the tight ends coach for Texas A&M, who is really trying to troll the Big 12 on Twitter day in, day out. And he comes off looking like a total hack and a total huckster, for lack of a better word. I mean, he is the cheap used car salesman that you try to get, you know, a, a you're trying to get rid of a 2002 Nissan Altima with 180,000 miles on it and no air conditioning. And this guy is such a poor salesman. He's referring and reverting to cheap sales gimmicks to try to get the car in your hands. That's what Tim Brewster is. He's double-crossed himself on the ACC as the best conference or the SEC as the best conference. He's ripping on the Big 12, saying the Big 12 is not even on the same planet with the SEC, which is just, um, and also saying the elite players in Texas totally understand that. Frankly, they don't, because look at the numbers. In the 2018 recruiting cycle, 17 of the top 25 players in the state of Texas signed with Big 12 schools. Only eight of the top 25 are going to the SEC. So the players don't agree with Tim Brewster. They don't at all. And apparently everybody knows that except for Tim Brewster. So I get it. You know, this staff at Texas A&M has a lot of pressure on them to win. Jimbo Fisher's got a 10-year, $75 million contract. If he doesn't win, uh, you are never going to hear the end of it. But it's nice to see Oklahoma coaches, TCU coaches, Texas coaches, even Sam Ellinger is retweeting and calling out bogus facts, fake news, from Tim Brewster on his tweets, the Texas A&M assistant coach who has been um, pumping up the SEC and pumping up Texas A&M while also trying to drag down the Big 12 Conference. And it's not working, and people are seeing right through it, and thankfully, we have social media fighting back on it. That is the good news. Pete Mundo with you on Heartland College Sports Weekly. Appreciate you joining us as always. Let's dive into some basketball. A lot of controversy with the uh, officials in Lawrence. I know you've heard that before. What to make of it is Bob Huggins right? And then the huge showdown on college game day, Saturday, Texas Tech, Kansas, Big 12 on the line. We'll get to it coming up on Heartland College Sports Weekly. to That was the disparity for the Kansas Jayhawks and the West Virginia Mountaineers last Saturday in Lawrence. And Bob Huggins has had enough. Pete Mundo with you on Heartland College Sports Weekly. Thanks so much for joining us. So that was the big dilemma last week. You know, 
we know and any team, any Big 12 team especially that goes to Lawrence will say the officiating favors the Jayhawks. Now, in fairness, the officiating always favors the home team. Yahoo Sports did a study dating back to the 2004-2005 season that showed that on average, the home team gets 2.4 more foul calls per game than do the opponents. But in Lawrence, that number is 4.5 more foul calls per game than the opponents. So that gives us some perspective in terms of where these things stand. Kansas gets more home cooking on average than the run-of-the-mill college basketball team. Not a shocker to anybody, but it is true. Now, last Saturday, Bob Huggins gets thrown out of the game because he's fed up with the foul calls. Now, the Kansas fan says, listen, West Virginia took 20-something threes, 26 threes, and on top of that, their style defensively is as such where it can lead to a lot of hand-checking and a lot of fouls. I understand that. I get it. It makes sense. But you look at the flip side of it, and as you watch that game, 35-2 to disparity should not have been the case. That's the reality as well. So yeah, should West Virginia have had more fouls, maybe even double the amount of uh, fouls called against them compared to Kansas? Absolutely they should have. But should it have been a 35-2 to free throw disparity? Not based on the game I saw. Now for the bigger picture, I think the run-of-the-mill fan that says Kansas always gets the call at home. It's uh, That's why they've won 13 straight Big 12 titles. I'm not taking an ounce away from Kansas and the success they've had under Bill Self over these past 13 years and handing any of that credit to the referees. Bill Self has built a monster program that has sustained itself year in, year out. This may be the worst team he's had in some time, and this may be his best coaching job he's had in some time because of the... You know, what was going on before the season? Some guys, were they playing? Were they not going to play? And the development he's seen of some of these guys as well, like uh, Azabuki down low. I mean, these guys have gotten better and better and better every week. The confidence has grown every week, and it's been fun to watch. So these are not mutually exclusive ideas. I can believe, which I do, that yes, Candace does get more home cooking than the average college basketball team. But I can also sit here and say that Bill Self and the program he has built is not defined by the officiating help he may have gotten along the way. Kansas has not won 13 straight Big 12 titles because of anything that those guys in black and white have done. That is not the case. So I think those are mutually exclusive ideas and they can both be true. Some fans don't want to admit that, that either don't like Kansas or love Kansas, but that's true. That is true. Now, as for this conference as a whole, you look at it right now, and let's talk about Oklahoma and what a mess that team is. They get blown out by the Jayhawks on Big Monday. And at what point, you know, you're watching this team, right? You're watching these games, and you see Oklahoma, and you see them, and and they look awful. I mean, they just look lost. Trey Young, forget player of the year. I mean, at this point, it's like, can you just get me an eight seed in the NCAA tournament? Because that's what it feels like this team is going to be looking at here moving forward. But they've lost now six games in a row, seven of eight. 
Uh, they're a total mess. And a lot of these games, these last three games are by double digits, every one of them. 10 points to Tech, 11 points to Texas, and then 30 points against Kansas. This team doesn't play a lick of defense, and that is its biggest problem. They are allowing 82.8 points per game. That is 340th in the nation. 340th in the nation. Think about that. That's how bad this team is defensively. And unless Trey Young's going to drop 40 points, which, let's be honest, he has not done a good job making the proper adjustments, then forget it. They can't win a game. I mean, this has all the feeling of a team that's going to stumble into the NCAA tournament. They're still going to make the big dance. They'll be like an 8 seed, a 9 seed. They'll be knocked out the first first game. That's it. There's no momentum. And I put a lot of this on Long Kruger. As the Trey Young hype train was building, you know, Long Kruger had to look at this and say, how do I get the rest of my guys in not an emergency, but in a situation where if Trey Young's having an off night, how do I win? And Oklahoma doesn't have the answer. And now Trey Young has had multiple off nights because defenses are starting to figure him out. And the rest of the team has gotten so accustomed to sitting there and watching Trey Young put up 30 foot bombs. They're now looking around at each other like, what are we doing here? How are we supposed to do this? And it's it's really disappointing to see this team that was once top five in the country just stumbling and fumbling around themselves. And they've got Kansas State at home and then Baylor and then Iowa State. So maybe they can go 3-0 and over the stretch and, and finish up 9-9 and in conference play. But think about that. Oklahoma is... Now, at the bottom of the Big 12 standings, at 6-9 and nine in conference play. I, th- th- that is, just put that in perspective. If I told you that six weeks ago, you would have called me absolutely nuts. But that's where we are. Now, to this weekend, the big matchup in Lubbock. Uh, good for the Red Raiders, good for the fan base for, for getting college game day. It's going to be a fun showing. It's going to be a good event. It's going to be a good time. And I'm glad College Game Day is uh, giving Lubbock and giving Chris Beard the the respect and the props and all that kind of good stuff. It should be fun. Keenan Evans is a huge part of this. Is he? The, this was asked to me. Is he the player of the year in the Big 12? I'm still not ready to go there. I'm not. And let me explain why. Devontae Graham for the Kansas Jayhawks has been so underappreciated. He's not Trey Young. Trey Young's gotten all the attention in the Big 12. Mo Bamba's the guy with the with the 7-9 wingspan, etc., etc. Think about this. Put this in perspective. Think about Monday night. Right against Oklahoma. That was the first time, once again, first time for Devontae Graham that this guy has not played all 40 minutes in a game since January 13th against Kansas State. How many games is that? Well, let's add them up for you. 10 games. 10 games in a row that Devontae Graham has played all 40 minutes in for this Kansas team. If Kansas wins the Big 12, Devontae Graham is the Big 12 player of the year. 
That's how I look at it. 17.5 points per game, 4 rebounds per game, 7 assists per game. This guy is having quietly a fantastic season, and it's not getting the credit it deserves because as good as Kansas is, they're not having a traditional Kansas season. And on top of that, you have Trey Young that's kind of overshadowed the entire conference from an individual accomplishment standpoint. So I do think you're down to Keenan Evans, Devontae Graham. May the best man win on Saturday. And from there, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think the Big 12 tournament is going to be as good as it's been in a really long time. I know it's it's always good, right? But even just think about these teams at the bottom of the standings. I mean, Oklahoma State has beaten some of the top teams in the conference. Iowa State, same deal. Oklahoma's down there. What if Trey Young just gets hot? In that second week of March, there is so much potential for this conference in Kansas City, which if you've been to the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City, it is a blast. Sprint Center, Power and Light District, it is as fun as it gets. If you haven't been, I highly recommend getting over there because it's just it's a fantastic event with fan bases are awesome. It's 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 great. Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports Weekly. Coming up next, we wrap it up. Baker Mayfield back in the news. Even if you hate him, you got to love him. So did you see what Baker Mayfield had to say over the weekend? You know, Texas Longhorn fans probably aren't going to be happy about it, but uh, he came out with a pretty strong take on how he feels about this Texas team. Pete Munda with you on Heartland College Sports Weekly. So it was Saturday last week. It was the Red River Showdown basketball edition. Of course, not the same juice as what we get in the football side of things. But nonetheless, you know, it was still a certainly big game for both sides. Baker Mayfield was at midcourt, showed off his Heisman Trophy. And then as he came back to the sidelines, he uh, he flashed a horns down sign. And people loved it. I mean, a few fans went nuts. They were into it. And, uh, you know, it was classic Baker Mayfield being Baker Mayfield. Well, then people start asking him about it after the game. He had a whole press conference, the whole thing. And what he said, he had some really strong words. Baker Mayfield said, you come to Oklahoma to beat Texas. I was born and raised in Austin. They didn't recruit me. I grew up 15 miles from campus. I can't stand them in anything they do. I don't care. I talked to the NFL guys. They say I have to calm down a bit. But when it comes to Texas, absolutely not. I can't stand them. No. End of story. That is strong stuff from Baker Mayfield, and I love it. I do. And it's not that I don't like Texas. I I don't have a horse in the race. I'm not an Oklahoma fan. I'm a Big 12 fan. But here's what I think Baker Mayfield brings that we don't appreciate enough as sports fans. And that's this passion that is lost at the pro level and is continuing to be lost at the college level as well. You know, the pros forget it. You know, these guys, if you don't realize that your favorite athlete on your favorite pro team does not care about your team as much as you do, I've got a bridge to sell you. I mean, I'm sorry. That's the truth in 2018. The pro athlete does not care about your team like you do. Yeah, some do. You know, maybe 1%, 2% do. That's it. Most don't. To most, it's a business. They make their millions. They move on with their lives. You live and die with the team. For the most part, they don't. 
at the college level, you have a situation where, you know, a lot of these kids, uh, especially on the basketball side, they're there for a year, maybe two. They're off to the NBA. You know, it's not like 15 years ago, even when these guys, if you went to college, you were there. You know, if you wanted to go to the NBA in high school, you went to the NBA at a high school. You could do that like LeBron James and Kobe Bryant. Now you can't. So now it's just like, where can I park myself for a year, barely go to class and get out of there and go to the NBA? These guys are no longer playing for the name on the front of the jersey for the most part, at least not the one and done guys. I think the guys that are around for four years certainly are. And, you know, and a guy like Trey Young is an exception to the rule because he grew up in Norman and, and that's his home. So, yeah, he's playing for the front of the jersey as well. But a lot of these one and done guys, all the guys that Calipari has, they don't give a rip about Kentucky or the history of the legacy. Not a not an iota of care there. And at the football side, it's become so corporate based on these AAU teams, seven-on-sevens, coaching connections. It's less about, you know, I grew up watching Vince Young, and that's my team. That's my guy. I grew up watching Jason White or Sam Bradford. That's my guy. You know, it's, it's not as much like that anymore. And that's something that has desensitized sports at all levels, more so in pro than college, but it's happening across the board. So to see Baker Mayfield go out and say, I can't stand Texas. I will never hold back when it comes to Texas. If you're a sports fan of anybody at, at anything, I mean, that's refreshing. That's relatable. And that's something that has become more and more with each passing month, each passing year, more of an outlier in sports. That's missing. So when you get it, you appreciate it, and you got to love it. You do. Pete Mundo with you on Heartland College Sports Weekly. Thanks so much, as always, for joining us, guys. HeartlandCollegeSports.com. We've got baseball now on the site. We've got uh, the football, of course, the offseason, spring ball right around the corner. The basketball is heading to the NCAA tournament. Matthew Poston's leading our coverage there, doing a great job. Be sure to check us out, and we'll talk to you next week, same time, same place, here on Heartland College Sports Weekly. Thousand country stations, yeah, we're one big country nation, that's right. Thanks as always, guys, for listening to this week's podcast. Once again, if you haven't, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. If you do it, we'll send you free koozies. Screenshot me, email it to me, Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com, and you'll have koozies on your way. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next week.